and welcome, welcome again to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. I'm with my good friend Maria Walton, and she is a beautiful person. Uh, she writes beautiful poetry, and um, but that's not really her claim to fame. She's a super ultra marathon rock star, and um, she she was uh, she's taking over her boyfriend's legacy, Micah True, or um, those folks who've read Born to Run, um, Caballo Blanco, and um, Maria and I just um, share a love from Mexico, endurance sports, and of charities. So, Maria, um, I know you already gave me the whole rundown, but can you just tell me what, what you're up to now and, and the projects that you're working on? Oh, sure, and thank you for your beautiful introduction, my friend Stephanie. Um well, currently, there, there's a few projects I'm very proud of. Um, I am the, the president and chair of a nonprofit called Norawas de Raramari, which means Friends of the Running People. And we've committed our, our efforts to continuing the sustainability and the running traditions of the Tarahumata uh, Mexican uh, runners in the Copper Canyons of Mexico through um, projects of, of foot races, um, through um, trail maintenance and nutritional support for corns and seeds, non-GMO seeds, and just uh, honoring their running traditions. Um, and, and my recent passion has been to continue the work of Micah True, my, my sweet beloved uh, boyfriend who passed away in 2012, of his film documentary, um, the the book that Christopher McDougall wrote, Born to Run, and one of the New York Times bestselling books, it is a beautiful, beautiful gift of how people came together down in Mexico and ran this 50-mile foot race, but more than that, felt a, a connection of love and unity and peace and harmony through this simple dream that Micah started in 2002 with just six runners and himself. Micah wanted his his uh, life to be shared with the world so they could see how genuine his love was for these people and how they included him in their life and how his work has touched and inspired people throughout the world. And I think what's beautiful about Micah's life and his legacy is, is that as a child, his dreams were so simple. And when he became a man, they were just so simple and peaceful. And he never changed. The friends that I have met since Micah was alive and since he passed away, he, he maintained the same friendships throughout the years. And whether the book brought him more fame, he never changed. He was authentic. He was real. And... And a side of him that many people didn't see was he was, although he was really peaceful, he was so humorous and so um, um, gregarious at times. And, and I think that's what Sterling and I want to show with that movie. And his family, we are all very close. We support the project. And even when Michael was alive, he still wanted a percentage of, of whatever this movie makes to go back to the Raramari. He always felt that the, the running people were his true inspiration and his brothers and sisters. So I think that's what I'm really proud of. I'm 
the executive producer of the movie called Run Free, the true story of Caballo Blanco, with film director and filmmaker Sterling Noreen um, with Noreen Films. And our website is uh, runfreemovie.com. And then I also am the co-race director of the Ultra Marathon Caballo Blanco, which is held the very first Sunday of every March down in Orique, Chihuahua, Mexico, in north uh, northern Mexico. And I've been very blessed to have the support and partnership with an amazing race director who lives in California named Josue Stevens. And he ran the race in 2008, and he has a, 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 an organization, a company called Fuego y Agua Events, and um, he has this beautiful race in uh, Nicaragua, and he also has a, a hunter, survivor, gatherer, somewhat survival Spartan-like racing events as well. So together, it's, it's, you know, all these little projects just seem to keep growing in beautiful ways and exciting ways, and I still have time to be a mom and a grandmother to four beautiful grandbabies. I and I know, still I saw the pictures. They're all so adorable. Yeah, they they grow up so fast. And and um I'm still able to run, uh run in some ultra marathon races and and when we have the opportunity for speaking engagements and and, and share the story of of Mexico and the beauty of the work that we do in Mexico is just so honorable and so exciting. And then getting back to a secular job in the hospitality management field. So yeah, my life is full, but um, it, it completes me and it's rewarding because if Michael were here today, I honestly think I'd be helping him and doing the same things. So That's awesome. The, uh, so the, I think there's a lot of folks um, who've read the Born to Run book, and I think it's sort of funny because we've been friends for years. Since 2003, we ran the I ran the PF Changs, and uh, that was my first event with Team and Training. And it was your I don't know if it was your first event. I just remember you because you were so energetic, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after that, then I went to work for Team and Training because I I love you know, the organization, and um, we worked together a lot because you were our coach for forever. You don't know. I, are you still coaching or, or not? I'm not, I'm not coaching with team and training right now, um, but, I mean, I do give a lot of advice, you know, online to people who ask me, and I think that that's really exciting. And, um, I mean, I'm always still reading about, you know, the physiology of coaching and the psychological elements of coaching and, I've been very fortunate recently to uh, pace a friend um, or several friends the past years uh, through their 100-mile races. So if I'm not racing a 100-mile event, I love to pace them, whether it be 25 miles or 30 miles or a sweet 16 miles with a friend to kind of be alongside them and encourage them and to keep them motivated. So, yeah, I, I just love helping others achieve their dreams, too. Yeah, that's what I love about coaching, too. I don't know if you know or, I mean, because we, we just see each other in passing at races or or online. But um, after I left team and training, I went to coaching um, mostly senior citizens, um, training 
you know, doing personal training for seniors and taught classes at assisted living, living homes. And um, then I went to school at the Czech Institute. And uh, do you know Ben Greenfield? I think I do. Not personally, but... I, his podcast. I, so he had uh -huh, a super yeah. human coaching program mm -hmm. um, where you could mentor underneath him. Uh, I mean, he, there's a bunch of us. So he has online programs. So I'm a superhuman coach now and an ace trainer. But... Um, it is fun coaching and seeing people whenever they begin a training and they're afraid to start and then whenever they they end and they complete the event to see the, the look on their face and how excited they are and um, the sense of accomplishment. And uh, to see uh, if anybody's ever seen Maria at a race, she a lot of times wears butterfly wings. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Butterfly wings or goofy glasses or boas and feathers and yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell me about the movie because you gave me the whole rundown before we started talking, but and it was really interesting about um, the director and how he met Micah and um, and that was you know a long time ago even before the book was um, written. Yeah, um, film director Sterling Noreen. Um, has a, a very solid background of a back road uh, motorcycle racing or back road motorcycle travel um, with clients or himself, and he documents that. So he was going down the Baja Peninsula into Mexico, starting up at Seattle. So um, he happened to be in an area of Mexico, and someone just asked him if he was had heard of the race, the the foot race with the Taramara in Chihuahua and he hadn't and he had extra time. And so he just decided to drive in and check it out. And this was in February and March of 2009. Um, the book born to run written by Christopher McDougall was released in May, I believe of 2009. So it's really, um, and Micah had no idea Chris was writing a book. He knew he wrote a few articles about his, his travel and trip down there and experience in the race with him. And so he said, sure, why don't Sterling's like, this is just incredible. I've always admired the indigenous people of Mexico and, you know, and, and this seems really exciting. And so he started filming Micah in 2009 and then they kept in touch. And then Sterling heard about the success of Born to Run and, and was just shocked to think that, wow, I know this Caballo Blanco, I know this man. And they uh, became uh, friends and kept in touch on online. And when there was a time that there was going to be a Hollywood movie or a screenplay starting about the, the, the book, Micah contacted Sterling and said, you know, I would like my side of the story to be shared. I'm not sure what Hollywood will will depict how they will depict me or if the race will be featured predominantly but i think it'd be great if i could you know share my story or or what these people's lives are really like down here if you'd like to come back and sterling said yes so um i met sterling before he got down there in 2012 he met um he has some really close friends in gilbert that live like a quarter of a mile from me oh that's and cool so yeah, it's such a small world. Um, one time this friend of his was on on a trip down there and went to the same restaurant and 
and saw Micah sitting in a table and Micah said, I have a girlfriend that lives in Gilbert, Indiana, Gilbert, Arizona. Do you know her? <laughs> and he's like, no, but it's a small world that how we all met through that, through that way. But anyway, so uh, Sterling came down in 2012 and filmed um, a, a lot of the people, their culture, their life, their activities, and, and what Micah does um, leading up to the race and when the runners come in and, and, and just, you know, memories of Micah's life and stories that Micah hadn't really publicly shared with a lot of people. And it was a beautiful, beautiful week, and we had so much fun and so many memorable experiences happened and took place. And then um, Micah came back home with me to to Arizona, and then he's he died two weeks later. When we first heard, when I was notified Micah was missing and, and we're down there starting the search, Sterling called me. He was in Florida working on another project and said, I can't get there right away, but as soon as I can, um, do you want me to, to be there to bring my camera? I said, well, absolutely, because I think Mike is hurt. And when we find him, um, we're going to he's he's going to want to be interviewed and share his story and his survival. And yeah, come on over. And then by the time. Sterling landed. Um, we already knew Micah was was gone, and he met me at the Gila, and he said, well, "What do we do?" I said, "We have to, we have to honor what Micah wanted, and and if it ends this way, that's how it's going to be. But and we'll talk with Micah's family, and if they don't want this to be shown, then then of course we won't show it. But you can never." go back and say, I wish, or I wish we would have, you know, captured this. And so, uh, his family's been very supportive and, and they've, they've seen our, our raw footage and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's going to be an honor and a tribute to, to Micah, to his legacy and, um, you know, the reality of, of life and, and the sadness of death that happens. So, so Sterling and I have been working together on the executive producer of the of the movie and Sterling Noreen is a great film director and we we talk a lot and I was just there uh last month at his studio and so it's it's uh our Kickstarter campaign to raise funds for uh developing the project was successful and so oh, we're yay. beginning yeah we're beginning the post production and then eventually do color correction and film editing and, you know, um, you know, all the other elements to really make a beautiful project and then, um, start presenting it at film festivals and, uh, and then, you know, just distributing it. Do you have a, I mean, I, because I follow you and, and I know you, I, I'm interested in, in what you're, you're doing. Um, do you feel like that the momentum um, following the race is still going good? The race that you have in Mexico and, you know, honoring the, the Tarahumara and the running people, that that momentum is still going after um, Caballo? Oh, yes, it is. Um, the, I, you must be aware, or and even many people are aware that in in Mexican traditions, 
um, in Latin America, when a, when a person is is good and honorable and giving to others and is a public person, they honor them, you know, in great ways. And so they genuinely loved and respected Micah. There's three memorials in that canyon of of him, and his race is is talked about. It, it's the largest sporting venue within the state of Chihuahua every year. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and I actually I just spoke to the director of tourism um, yesterday, and we're going to have a, a conference call next week. So, you know, his dreams and his legacy keeps alive, and and it it's a different kind of race because those who participate. And, and successfully complete the race, get food vouchers. So they get vouchers for beans, for rice, for flour, um, to feed their families. And so it, it's it's unique more than any other event down there. And it's going to last forever. I just know that. Um, because it started, it started with Micah, and, and he was devoted to it. And the the people down there they they know that I, the host Wayne I will keep that legacy going so oh, the momentum is yeah the momentum is is just as strong um, we've been very fortunate this past year that some of the the Taramara runners um, my great friend uh, who's in the book El Coyote Luis Escobar um, he's a race director and so in May we hosted. Um, three of the Taramara with their coach and sponsor at his race called Born to Run oh, in awesome. California. Yeah, in California, and we raised funds for their appearance fees and and donated uh, clothing and apparel for them to bring back home to their community. And then I was able to um, help coordinate another uh, visit for the runners up in Westcliff, Colorado. So all of that is is through you know the legacy that Micah started, and we're honoring them here in the United States, and and they some of them have traveled to Spain, um, and ran in races there. Micah just wanted to make sure that they were treated with respect and not exploited, and so we don't you know we don't jump in their face with cameras. Um, if they want a picture with us, then we take a picture with us, but. Um, they participate, we participate together, we eat together, we dance, we laugh, we sing, we play. You know, some of them are really good musicians and it's just it's just been such a wonderful wonderful time with them. Although Micah's not alive in 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 the physical presence, his spirit's always there and they they speak very highly of him still. Oh, that's awesome. Well, if you ever want to they want to do a half marathon in San Carlos. I don't race direct that race anymore. Um, it was just, I did a couple years, but they would like to have a half marathon there. So if he wants to go to Sonora and put on another race, there's still a pretty decent following. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, for them, a half marathon would just be such be a nothing. warm up. I know they really get, they really get stronger and faster as the distance goes. It's, it's, it's amazing to witness because they do it effortless. It's in their genetic code. I mean, we had at our race this year, we had 29 
children under the age of 18 that finished the 50 miles. Oh, that's super cool, Maria. I mean, we, we had a 13-year-old boy that finished it in like under, under you know, nine and a half hours. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, and it's yeah. so great that the um, it's being revered. Like the, the do they, because of the race, is it more recognized that like running long and running fast? Because that was their tradition. And I know in the book and talking to you that they lost some of it when people, you know, it becomes more commercial and, and it's just not part of the traditional. I, I think that some of it kind of changed because of, you know, outside influences such as some of them have been um, uprooted out of their homes due to mining uh, due to um, there's an area that that's going to be a big tourist attraction and a golf course eventually, and people are being uprooted from their homes, deforestation, um, and so some of that has changed, um, and they and they can't afford financially the caloric intake to train or to train because they're farmers, they're goat herders, uh, they're they're working you know, as in manual labor. So I think it changed a little bit, but now there, there's several uh, coaching and running teams. Um, there's a team Caballo Blanco in in the little small community of Porochi. And, um, yeah, you know, we, we stay in touch with them. We, we send them, uh, you know, a few of the runners, I know their shirt sizes, their shoe, their shoe sizes. So we send care packages from time to time just to make sure that they can afford to train in that way. Some of them uh, run in their traditional sandals. Some of them don't. But it, Micah would never worry about, well, they should wear their sandals and be all traditional or they're not runners. Of course, they're great runners. They're great athletes. You know, they, the world is changing but I think their their religious practices, their beliefs, their spirituality, uh, their love for family, their giving hearts for community is still intact. I mean, when they uh, were in California and they had winnings and uh, they had appearance fees in cash, and they share that within their family, within their community, and That's and cool. yeah, they do that. Um, and it was beautiful to see that. We were there in December. And someone brought uh, clothing and dresses and blouses and scarves and and um, shawls and clothing and people just quietly lined up and picked what they thought they would need or, or gave items to other people rather than you know us charging Walmart on Black Friday right. to the store for ourselves. So it, it's been it's been beautiful. It's been really beautiful to see. Yeah. And both of us have a love Mexico. I know um, you you go to Chihuahua quite a bit. And my mom and my sister and my niece, my dad and stepmom used to live there um, until they passed away, um, live in Sonora. And mm -hmm. um, we were talking about how wonderful the people are in Mexico and how sweet and humane. If something um, you were telling about whenever you had a, a van that broke down, Tell that story, Marie. It's, it's oh well, we were one. we yeah we 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 accidentally took um, a wrong highway, 
I've been there so many times you think I wouldn't get lost, but we, we weren't lost. We were just probably about two hours out of our way of where we should have been down a highway, but it was through uh, uh, Sinaloa where where it is dangerous. That's pretty far south, too. Sinaloa is like, I don't know how far you guys are south in Chihuahua, but Sinaloa is is south of Sonora. Yeah, so we we were way off course, but we knew eventually we would get to where we were going. The van we had... Um, hit a, a rock and the oil immediately, the oil pan just gushed out on the freeway. So we couldn't move at all. And none of us had active cell service in that area. And we had several people stop by and offer to help. And then we were able to, uh, luckily, this one gentleman that stopped by graduated from NAU in forestry management and he worked for the government in the forest department and he went ahead, he drove ahead and and had a someone who had a tow towing vehicle and their their way of towing us was through just a big moving strap underneath the van we went to a really remote town um, everything was closed obviously and the owner of the garage uh, introduced us to his wife, his daughter, his son, and we had dinner there, and we we spent the night there and had breakfast there, and they gave us vegetables and peppers from their garden to take with us on the trip the next day. And um, on our way back, um, we did run into uh, one of the gentlemen uh, later, and so yeah, you you make these connections and you make these friends and. Caballo Blanco, his race, the Raramuri, the Taramar, although they're hours and hours and hundreds of miles away from that area, everyone knew. Everyone knew that story and that great oh, history. Yeah. So it was well, really exciting. When we had our, um, we did the half marathon two years in a row in, in San Carlos, and we had people from Mexico City who rode the bus 48, you know, 48 hours or different parts of Mexico to come to this little half marathon and so racing the people who like to run um it's a big deal to have something like that there and i think mexico we talked about earlier they're very proud of anything as a part of their culture Mm -hmm. um the uh in san carlos they have the um or in sonora what is the name of the that tribe of people they have the antler the deer head Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I can't remember it. But I know that that's, the traditions they have are really popular, um, the events. My niece and my sister still live there, and we were talking earlier. My niece graduated from high school there and um, is going to college in Armacillo, and uh, she probably won't ever move back to the United States. Exactly. And I doubt my sister will either. She um, is engaged to a Mexican national, and... Um, she lives in Sonora or in uh, Aramisio too, so uh, it's a uh, yeah. They I, I love I love being down there. Everyone's so open hearted and loving and yeah. genuine. They're really genuine, giving people. Uh, the the violence down there is in you know border towns or if if you're gonna be a drug dealer or a seller, yeah, you're gonna go into that element of darkness, but. The majority of the people are just so kind and giving and 
our our race, the whole area is so safe around our race. Right. Well, I think it's funny. My sister says, she goes, you know, people, they hear about something violent in, in Mexico and they associate with the whole country. But you wouldn't go to downtown East L.A. At, or go to East L.A. at 3 a.m. You know, right. And hang out in dark alleys. Well, you wouldn't go down in downtown Nogales and hang out in dark alleys at 2 a.m. You know, if you, uh, there's actually a terminology, I can't remember the name in Spanish, but it's called keep your nose clean. Uh-huh. And it's basically don't get involved and you won't have a problem. You start right, getting right. involved, then you could have a problem. But as long as you keep your nose clean, nobody's going to mess with you. Right, right. So it's, uh, I'm not ever afraid to go down there. And I've been driving down there by myself with little kids. I mean, I used to drive me and Ethan was two and Gray was six by myself down there all the way to San Carlos and back all the time. And I've never once had a problem. Right. I know that the very first time I went there, Micah was already waiting um, in a small town. And I just, you know, uh, took the a plane to El Paso and then got on the bus at 11 at night and all through the night and into the next morning. And I got into one city and the bus wasn't going to leave for another two hours. So it was about 430 in the morning. And I just walked through the town and Asked someone, where's the a 24-hour coffee shop? And, you know, everyone was kind and accommodating. Right. And, yeah, so. Did you ride the two FESA bus? I went through, like, uh, Rapidos, Cuauhtémoc, and uh, uh, Los, An- Los Angeles, Limousines, and uh, uh, Noroeste. You know, those are the buses I take to get through yeah. Chihuahua. I've been, uh, I've ridden the Tufesa bus from it, from here to San Carlos quite a bit, um, and it's it's actually a really nice bus. And if you ride the, if you take the late night one, they'll give you a sandwich uh-huh. and a glass of water. <laughs> but uh, or, you know, a bottle of water. Most of the buses are are Mercedes are built. By Mercedes. Yeah, and they're very cushy. The seats are more comfortable. Right. Then they, they recline bigger than airline than it, than your car or airline. Right. So. And they have movies. The movies are in Spanish, but if you sometimes they have English ones with Spanish subtitles. <laughs> but they play movies yeah. and they have Wi-Fi on the bus. Um, uh huh. The yep. Tufesa bus have Wi-Fi. Although last time, you know, they had that um, problem at the border where the lady they found drugs under her seat. Right, right. And all of that. So now if you come, if you go down, it's still pretty fast. But if you come back, because, you know, anytime something like that happens, they do overkill to prevent it from ever happening again. So they have right, to just search right. the bus completely like four times before you even get to the United States. So it takes a lot longer. But right. before, it used to take less time than if you would drive because those bus drivers drive pretty, pretty fast. Right. So no. well, yeah, and 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 those people who want to run our race, you know, our website is um, ultracb.com. It stands for ultracaballoblanco.com. And Josue and I put together a travel itinerary. Whether you come by a bus or come by a plane or come by your car across the border, 
what freeways to take, what roads to take, um, you know, what insurance to have if you bring a vehicle. We we make it. We even have a budget of spending. Okay, A, B, or C. How much? What do you want to spend? Where can you stay? What can you do? So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I've and, always wanted since I've you started going down there, even when um, Micah was still alive. I wanted to go down there, and it just never fit that I could go. So hopefully someday, I even if I don't run it, just to go down and and check it out. I uh, Micah always encouraged uh, those who weren't runners to come down and volunteer. Um, I think Micah once said, you know. If you participate, you win. If you start the race, you win. You finish the race, you win. If you wake up in the morning and eat good food and have love for one another, you win. You will. We're all winners. We're all winners. And um, every year we have uh, family members or friends or or lovely people who just want to volunteer. So they volunteer for the kids' race or help us pack our goodie bags or uh, visit the school children with gifts and and it's just or they're at an aid station and it's really sweet to see um, some of our um, I call them gringos some of our gringo volunteers hopping on the bus with the with the Mexican nationals or the Raramari uh, mothers and daughters to go out to remote aid station and the language barrier doesn't matter because you're you're smiling and you're giving one another love and support. So it's just a really cool right. experience. Right. And really I, uh, for those who are listening to this, and even though I go to Mexico probably every four months to see my sister, I don't know Spanish and I never have a problem. I think sometimes it gets you, it's sort of a, um, it gets you out of things too. Because if you if someone's like harassing you, no habla español. Yeah. <laughs> and then if they see the blank look on your face, oh, I'll just leave her alone. <laughs> a smile goes a long way yes. and just a kind look and yeah, they, they, they know that you're you're genuine. They do. Yeah. Well I am gonna put links to your um your funding for the movie information and the race. And I hope that this helps get helps you get the word out and that people will be encouraged to go down there and, and help support the Tarahamara and the running people. Even, you know, even if you can't make the trip, just, just look at our websites and see the beautiful photographs of Mexico, uh, the Sierra Madre, uh, see the photographs of the children running, um, people of all ages participating. And then and see the, the beautiful work that Sterling has put together of Micah's life on, on film. Um, we, we have some little uh, vignettes of uh, film on our website at runfreemovie.com. Um, Josue has beautiful photos that we've all shared and taken, you know, down in Mexico and the projects we are working at through Narawas. So, yeah, you'll you'll feel you'll feel it if you have an open heart. You'll you'll feel the the humanity and compassion that that everyone shares for one another. That's awesome, Maria. Thank you so much for your time and agreeing to talk to me. And it's always inspiring to talk to you and exciting because you're always doing wonderful and great things. 
Well, thank you. It's it's truly an honor, and I feel richly, richly blessed to just be a part of all this. And and uh, I thank you for your friendship and, and blessings to you and all the work that you do. Thank you, Maria.